What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to this week's episode of Stacking the Box. I am back after missing last week's show. Sterling, how are you doing today? Uh, I've missed you. I've really missed, I've missed you. you. I've missed you as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm doing well, man. It's a great day here in Kansas City. NFL is in full swing. We're starting to really get a feel for which uh, teams are real, which teams are pretenders, and which teams are in between, just like your Atlanta Falcons. I do see you missed the week after the Falcons choked away a game and decided to come back after they were able to win on a walk-off field goal. Mm-hmm. I see how you operate, Ian. Yeah, I don't know if Falcons are middle of the pack. Some would say they're currently sitting in a playoff spot. Some I don't say. think playoff teams are middle of the pack. In the NFC, you are. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, we have a stack show today. Obviously, going to talk biggest winners and losers from week five. I uh, can't believe week five has already been completed. Uh, we're going to talk some injuries, a million injuries this week. Uh, some ones that absolutely suck, especially for people who play fantasy football uh, like yours truly. Uh, we're going to talk about the 49ers. We see Niner noise in the chat already. Yeah, are the 49ers the best team in the NFL? They just might be. And then we got a bunch of other topics like who are who's actually the worst team in the NFL, which is something else we're going to talk about. And then, of course, we're going to preview uh, week six. Um, it is officially spooky season. I have my spooky sweater on. Goosebumps, Sterling. Did you read Goosebumps growing up? Oh, dude, I loved Goosebumps. But those little shows, you know, how they had like the little uh, was it a TV show? It was on like yeah, VHS was or show. something yeah. like that. All I remember was it terrified me when I was just a little tyke. Like I'm a little tyke over here at like 9 p.m. probably because let's be real. I'm not staying until midnight back then. And I'm just sitting here freaked out in my bunk bed like, oh, my gosh, this is mortifying. Yes, I, uh, I didn't watch uh, the shows. I, I, I did. Uh, I am aware of them. I did read a, a ton of the books. But before we get into the show here, of course, uh, football fans. Uh, sign up for DraftKings because they are running a new promotion uh, that you won't want to miss. New u- users can place a $5 bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. Uh, you'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is sign up with the code STB. That is code STB. It stands for Stacking the Box. Not only uh, would this get you these great bonuses, but it also supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure you use the code STB to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. All right, let's get into it. If let's I didn't start- have a DraftKings account, I would have totally signed up for that deal. Yeah, I was totally would have signed up for that deal. That was yeah. pretty convincing. Um, let's, uh, get into, uh, how we always start with our show. Biggest winners and losers from week five. Sterling, do you want to go ahead with your biggest winner? Nathaniel Hackett. Come yes. on now. 
Just after, you know, a couple weeks ago, the new head coach of your former team out here is saying one of the worst coaching jobs they have ever seen in the entire NFL. You get a chance as the OC of your team now going against him. You don't have Aaron Rodgers. You have Zach Wilson. And you put a 31 spot up on his dome. You come away with the victory. Everyone's laughing and, and just making fun of the, of the guy who took your job. Oh, come on. This is incredible. I'm all in here on Nathaniel Hackett. Hey, Sean Payton, stay humble. I mean, what a brutal performance all season long by Sean Payton. But this is just a culmination of all the offseason cockiness coming back and finally getting him. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. I was uh, on the Jets as well in that game, so I was happy with that. Um, my biggest winner of two uh, biggest winners. Number one is hockey fans, because hockey is back. I know this is a football show, but the NHL regular season starts tonight. So uh, biggest winner of the week is hockey fans, because this sport finally returns tonight. I'm very excited for it. But the true real winner is Desmond Ritter and the Falcons. Uh, just one week after everyone dismissed them, people were calling Desmond Ritter uh, the worst quarterback in the entire NFL. What do they do? They come out and have their best performance that they've had all season. Let me read Desmond Ritter's stat line for you really quick, Sterling. Mm -hmm. uh, someone say one of the better stat lines in the entire NFL this week. 28 completions on 37 attempts, 329 yards, and a touchdown. Kyle Pitts had seven receptions. Drake London had six receptions. Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier split work in the backfield. Texans are lucky this is only a 21-19 game. It could have been a 40-19 to game the way the, the Falcons' offense was going. The Falcons, once again, look like a real playoff contender. Yeah, 40 points if it was a three-game sample size. They scored 21 points. Yeah, it, took a, it took a game-winning. That is the best the offense has looked. A game-winning field goal against the Houston Texans to score 21? My goodness, Ian. They had some ill time. They had a couple ill time fumbles. They don't fumble those two uh, times. That's two touchdown drives right there. That's 14 plus 21. Sorry, 35, 19 would have been. The oh, yeah, if they don't. But guess what? They did. Congratulations. I'm sure that the Bills fans, when they went to four straight Super Bowls and lost all four, have a whole bunch of, well, if this would have happened, they would have been uh, the NFL champ and Super Bowl Lombardi champs. Guess what? Didn't happen, Ian. The Falcons are back. Uh, go ahead with uh, your biggest loser of the week. Uh, fantasy football and injuries in general. Man, this is brutal. Justin Jefferson, uh, Devon H. And we'll get into all the injuries just in general. But this is, and maybe we say this every single year, but I can't remember another year where this many major injuries to key players has happened. There's been this whole turf versus versus grass debate now it seems like all the players want grass obviously but injuries are still happening on grass it's been a bad season for injuries uh you're seeing quarterbacks like anthony richardson go down obviously aaron Rodgers week one you're seeing running backs devon a chance saquon barkley missing games uh you're seeing wide receivers top end wide receivers you're seeing justin jefferson Devonte adams has been banged up you're seeing t higgins miss games i mean just look around the league right now it is littered with incredible talent of players getting hurt that to me is the biggest loser what about you yeah, two biggest losers. Number one is uh, Maple Leafs fans. I talked about hockey earlier, myself being a Maple Leafs fan. Yeah, hockey is back, but we're going to see the same thing that we've seen every year, which is we're going to have a great regular season and lose in the playoffs. So I'm not even – I'm already sad with the Maple Leafs. Uh, but the other biggest loser is actually some would say, and it kind of pains me to say this, but I think it's actually true, the NFL version of the Maple Leafs, which is the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they suck. 
they were number one in my fraud power rankings the past two weeks. I predicted uh, word for word that they're in for a rude awakening when they play an actual good team in the 49ers on Sunday night. And what they lose, 42 to 10? Uh, the Cowboys might not even be a good team at all. Uh, but we are going to talk about the Cowboys a little bit later um, because there are some question marks surrounding that franchise right now. Uh, all right, let's see. You brought up injuries being uh, the biggest loser of the week. I agree. Uh, Sterling, why don't you run through some of the major injuries yeah. in week five? Justin Je- uh, Jefferson is now placed on the IR with that hamstring injury going to miss at least four games. Obviously, the Vikings are sitting there at one and four. Last year, the Vikings won every close game. This year, they've lost every close game. There's been a lot of... Um, discontent in regards to what's going to happen going forward with Kirk Cousins. Jefferson wants to know who the quarterback's going to be moving forward. We don't know. We don't know, and this is a frustrating situation for Vikings fans because, again, I still think they are a talented team, but now I have no idea if they're going to be sellers at the deadline. Devon Achan, the running back for Miami, um, possibly going to be placed on the IR. Not great. He is absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. So incredibly talented. Uh, Anthony Richardson is going to miss extended time. We don't know 100% yet what it's going to be as a fantasy football owner. Not great. And as a fan of watching him play football, uh, also sucks. Looks like it could be an AC sprain joint in his shoulder. Did not look good. I know a lot of people originally thought it might be out for the year when it originally happened. Now they're pumping the brakes a little bit, maybe even missing an IR, which would be great for Anthony and the Colts. But again, not going to play this upcoming week. New York Jets right tackle Elijah Vera Tucker. He's been the best, most versatile offensive lineman for the Jets. Already a bad offensive line now gets worse as he's going to be out for the rest of the season after tearing an Achilles tendon. And then Dallas Cowboys linebacker Leighton Vander Esch could miss four to six weeks because of a neck strain that he suffered in uh, last night's loss. Yeah, the one that I think hurts me the most is A-Chain, just because whenever there's like a new rookie that explodes onto the scene, it's like, oh, nice. Like now this guy's going to be like a name that we get to watch every week in the NFL. And, you, and you're excited to see, you know, how good he can look throughout a full season. And then it just kind of ends quickly. Now, I think he's going to come back at some point this season. But still, to me, when rookies get hurt, I guess the same thing could be said with uh, Anthony Richardson. When rookies get hurt, I feel like it stings a little bit extra because I want to see what these players can do in the NFL for a full season, especially the Colts. I mean, that is your franchise quarterback. You went all in. You're having a really nice season. I will say shout out to Gardner Minshew. Minshew has perpetually been a guy who stays ready. Uh, Very, very solid backup. Incredible mustache. Uh, Gardner is a great backup for the Colts. I will say with Anthony Richardson, Uh, Since I said the biggest loser was fantasy football and injuries, uh, I'll also throw myself into the biggest loser conversation again here, Ian. Mm. Uh, I had Lamar Jackson and Anthony Richardson. You know who said, Mm. you know what? I'm going all in on Richardson. Let me trade Lamar Jackson for Amon Ross St. Brown. This idiot. So you know what Mm. happened? Amon Ross St. Brown was out last week. And and now Anthony Richardson might be uh, missing some games. So uh, I'm a dumbass, Ian. Yeah, yeah, you wish you could take that one back. Yeah, surprisingly, I texted him and he said, uh, no, thank you. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I will say, though, I actually think in the short term, the Colts actually might be better with Gardner Minshew. I think today Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback. Now, if you you, if Anthony Richardson would get better, the more he plays. So for the long term, playing Anthony Richardson would be smart. But I think like this week, 
like their game against the Jaguars, I think they have a better chance with Gardner Minshew than Anthony Richardson. And some there's some numbers like if you look at EPA per dropback and some advanced numbers so far this season, Gardner Minshew has done better when he's been under center than Anthony Richardson. It's a revenge game. It is a revenge game. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right. Top story. Are the San Francisco 49ers the best team in the NFL? Uh, five and zero. Uh, just destroyed the Cowboys. 42, nothing. Sterling 49ers best team in the NFL. Or are you still sticking with your chiefs who have Dude, a loss? It's chiefs. I mean, it's oh, not chiefs. On. I'm kidding. It's 49ers, man. Okay. It's not even close. It's 49ers. Uh, by a long shot. Like it's the 49ers clear cut best team in the NFL. I think the Eagles might have a pretty good conversation for a second. I think you can go the Eagles, uh, the chiefs, uh, you know, if you want to throw the bills, the dolphins, maybe the lions in that secondary category, you can, but it's the Niners by themselves at the top. Their only close game was what week one against the Rams. Was that the close game? Uh, they played the Steelers in week one. I was think it, it was week, week two, two, I think, the Rams. And still, that was a, a touchdown. Point win. Yeah, it was, it was seven point. Seven point win, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're looking at what this team is, is doing. It's Shanahan. It's the offensive scheme. And, oh, by the way, I think Brock Purdy is just really solid. Like, I don't know if Brock Purdy is Mahomes, Josh Allen, Herbert. I don't think he has that sort of talent. But they don't need him to be that. The same way I say Miami's rolling with Tua Tagovailoa down there, uh, you know, with Mike McDaniel's and just the scheme. Brock Purdy and Shanahan are a perfect match. He is so smart, gets the ball out quick. For everything that Jordan Love talent-wise is, and Brock Purdy isn't, the mental capacity has also changed as well. Jordan Love makes some dumbass throws. Have you seen Brock Purdy make any horrendous throws this year? No. no, he processes so quickly. He hits the open receiver. Man, I am so impressed with what the San Francisco 49ers are doing. They are rolling on all cylinders. Um, according to the advanced numbers, and I know I like to bring up advanced numbers quite a bit, but Brock Purdy has been the best quarterback in the NFL this season. Man, I wish I could to- share my screen right now, but there, there's a website, rbsdm.com. Uh, takes EPA per play and completion percentage above expected, and it's Brock Purdy and then everyone else. Um, and I talked to Ryan Fitzpatrick last week. I think if you listen to the audio version of this podcast last week, when I wasn't on, I think uh, we heard the Ryan Fitzpatrick interview at the end of it. If you haven't watched it, go watch it after the show on Stack in the Box YouTube page. But he called Brock Purdy a top five quarterback in the NFL. Even, even last week, it was like, top five. Um, but after how he looked on uh, against the Cowboys, which is supposed to be you know one of the better defenses in the NFL, Sure, he might not be number one. He's not Patrick Mahomes just quite yet, but uh, does he squeak into the top five, Sterling, for you? It's so difficult because I think if you just see the raw talent, and that's what's so hard for me and I think for fans to understand, you see the raw talent of Brock Purdy. Nothing jumps off at you. Arm strength isn't crazy. You know, accuracy is fine. It's pretty good. But it's the processing. And how do you justify processing uh, as far as talent level right like again right. Jordan, Jordan Love to me has crazy arm strength but the processing um you know Josh Allen is incredibly talented even but sometimes Josh Allen's processing isn't the best in the NFL so it just comes down to how do you judge that and throw that into the overall talent level discussion it's a good one to have I mean right now he is the perfect guy for the San Francisco 49ers. That's what it comes down to. I hate when people just say, oh, it's all scheme. Scheme's a big part. Don't get me wrong. 
But you can't just put any quarterback into what the 49ers are doing and have the exact same success. Some guys get greedy. Some guys try to extend plays too much. Some guys try and do too much. Brock Purdy takes what is given to him, and he does a great job doing it. That, to me, is what makes him so impressive. He doesn't get flustered. Is there any chance you you said in the offseason that you could put any quarterback in the system and have the same success? Do I have it? Is that a false memory I have or no? No, it's true. I said that. I, I, I say you've had success with Nick Mullins back there at one point. Now, it wasn't extended success. I understand that. Point is, the scheme and what Shanahan does is so incredibly impressive. But we've not seen this, right? right. We have not seen this. This is next level. If he was doing what Jimmy G was doing, I would say, yeah, it's, it's any quarterback. Sure. He, he, he is far and away outproducing what Jimmy G did. You see what Garoppolo's done with the Raiders. It's not been pretty. Uh, again, smaller sample size. He's still perpetually banged up. But Brock Purdy took what they were doing to the next level. That, to me, is what's so impressive. Um, just to refer to this website once again, which is rbsdm.com. Check it out if you like advanced analytics. But they have the, their quarterback rankings based on their stat that's called EPA plus CPOE composite. I'm not going to get into what that exactly is, uh, but the top five, Brock Purdy, number one, Josh Allen, number two, Tua Tagovailoa, number three, Patrick Mahomes, number four, Sterling. Guess who their fifth ranked quarterback is through the first five weeks? Oh, I, because you brought it up, I'm going to go ahead and say Desmond Ritter for some reason. No. <laughs> He's actually ranked extremely – he's 30th on this list. I'm just going to pretend I'm not seeing Desmond Ritter on this list. They just forgot to put him on. Well, you can hardly see him anyways because he's so far down. Got to scroll a couple pages. But uh, that's a good question. A surprising one. Uh, Lamar Jackson? It is not Lamar Jackson. It is Baker Mayfield. Huh. Yeah. Number fifth behind Purdy, Josh Allen, Tua, and Patrick Mahomes, according yeah. to this one specific advanced number. But it does show that Baker Mayfield's having a pretty solid year. But again, there's some good quarterbacks on that list. It's not something ridiculous. Right. Um, no, Brock Purdy needs more credit. As you mentioned, Ryan Fitzpatrick, that conversation you had with him. Again, listen to it after this uh, episode here. But it's true. I just think it's so hard for people to understand. There's so much that goes into quarterback outside of just strictly athleticism and strictly talent, arm strength. There's so many different mental parts of the game. Um, I think it's what made Tom Brady so great as well. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Rodgers is more, quote unquote, talented, right? Right. There's no denying the mobility, arm strength. But he doesn't have the success because Tom Brady was so good you know, between the ears, Brock Purdy seemingly has, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare to Tom Brady just yet by any means, but just between the ears, he is so good at processing. And that's what stands out to me, especially at such a young age. Yes. Um, is it too early to ask the question if the 49ers can go 17 and no? Yes. I'm looking at their schedule right now. There's only one game that they might not be favored in. And that's December 3rd. They go to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. They're probably not going to be favored in that game. But other than that, they're going to be every like almost every single game is a very, very, very winnable game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And again, I think the 49ers are clear cut the best team in the NFL. But again, I always say any given Sunday yeah. uh, at Cleveland, at Minnesota, who without Justin Jefferson, who knows, but still a decent offense. They play the Bengals. The Bengals look like they're starting to get right a little bit as far as getting the ball to Jamar Chase. Uh, again, win against him in fantasy football, not ideal. Uh, at Jacksonville, Tampa Bay has been solid. Seattle's been solid. Philly, obviously, at Philadelphia. Seattle again. Baltimore. Um, 
it's not a horrendously difficult schedule, but there's a lot of solid teams in there. Yes. I would expect sure. a slip up somewhere. That's just how the NFL goes when you have a 17 game season. Uh, they are now officially the favorites to win the Super Bowl around plus 470 to win the Super Bowl. Their updated win total is also at 13 and a half. So odds makers expect them to go either 13 and four or 14 and three. So that's probably going to be good enough for the number one seed in the NFC as well. Obviously, that game against the Eagles on December 3rd is a big one. Yeah. Because Eagles, um, Eagles haven't played great, but they're five and oh. Like that's what's so yes. interesting with, with Philly is it seems like they're not clicking, which had, you can make the case that is that more scary or is that a case of they've gotten lucky and just won close games? I think because San Fran's pretty much blown every single team out. Are yeah. they peaking too early would be the only possible question here. Yeah, average uh, scoring margin right now, plus 19.8. Mm. Not bad. Um, all right, let's get on to some other topics. Uh, I'm going to switch up the order here because this kind of means more fitting. We just talked about whether or not the 49ers are the best team in the NFL, and we both seem to agree. But uh, who is the worst team in the NFL? (sighs) Panthers. Come on now. It's not even close. It's the Panthers. They're 0-5. Don't get me wrong. Adam Thielen's been great. But that's their wide receiver one, and that's it. They traded for, or they brought in a running back in Miles Sanders. Yeah, that's going to move the needle. They're bad, man. You heard the, what was it, uh, Frank Wright today was talking about how the owners, a little little hands-on. There's some rumblings that maybe the owner was the guy who wanted Bryce Young. Not saying that they wouldn't have gotten Bryce Young either way, but you look at C.J. Stroud, you look at the smaller sample size of Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. you're telling me those guys don't look better than Bryce Young. And I said it here. I said, I'm a C.J. Stroud guy. I think C.J. Stroud was the best quarterback coming out of college. Bryce Young has been okay, but okay is not good enough when you're drafting 1-1. The Panthers, to me, are by far the worst team in the NFL. Uh, I disagree. I think it's the Giants. I know the Giants have a win that week two game, week two or week three game against the Cardinals where they came back in the second half. But statistically, this Giants team stinks out loud. Uh, the stat that I always point to, net yards per play, which is the average yards gained per play on offense, subtract the average yards given up per play on defense. Giants dead last in the NFL with a net yards per play of minus 2.3. The next worst team is minus 1.4. So that is almost a full yard worse than the next worst team in the NFL when you look at net yards per play. Is, if you is it look the Panthers? More, no, it's actually the Bengals. Yeah, so I'm not high on the Bengals, even though they've won two games either. Um, if you want to look at advanced numbers like uh, EPA per play, offensively, they're uh, 31st in EPA per play. Defensively, they're 30th in opponent EPA per play. So advanced numbers, yards per play numbers, everything points towards them being, in my opinion, the worst team in the NFL. Uh, I know they have a win, but still, I think the Giants, the Giants are they're bad to watch. It's they, bad football. They, they've been very, very bad. I'm with you. And they've only had one good half all season long. But surprisingly, one good half is still better than what the Panthers have done. What I came down to is if I match each of these teams against each other on a neutral field, who am I taking? And you I take the Giants over the Panthers? I would take the Giants over the Panthers Ooh. in a heartbeat. It wouldn't even be close, man. Honestly, it wouldn't be close. Wow. I don't think I would do that. I think I, I would. Yeah, I would take I'd take the Panthers. 
I don't I mean, think I'd set the Giants as favorites against anyone. I know it's crazy because I'm not a big running back guy, but let's be real now. The Giants have gone around Saquon. He's also missed some time. He's been a little banged up. He's supposed to come back this week, hopefully. Can we at least put that into perspective here? The Giants have been without their best player, the most at least impactful player, dynamic player offensively. He's coming back now. Let's be real. That does make a difference. Yeah, sure. But how much of a difference could he make behind what might be the worst offensive line in NFL history? Yeah, sure. I mean, that offensive line is... Their offensive line is... (laughs) They're not even there. They're literally pylons. Have they thought about just running screen passes the entire time? Because that's basically what the offensive line game plan has been: is let these dudes go through. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they can do. Uh, it's ugly though. Um, do the Cowboys need to move on from Dak Prescott? What, what are your feelings about the Cowboys in general? Because they're, they kind of seem to be in the same spot that they're in every single football season since they've had Dak Prescott, where they're a good but not great team. They'll be in the playoffs. They, they'll win one game at most, and, they'll, and then they'll be eliminated. What's the answer to fix this Cowboys team? Do you got to move on from Dak Prescott? Do you need a different coach? Is it just stick to the game plan and hope for the best and things will turn around? What's your thoughts about the Cowboys in general? I mean, is it Dak Prescott? Because the same thing kind of happened with Tony Romo, too. Pretty much ever yeah. since Troy Aikman. And it wasn't like Troy Aikman. I, I get it. He's an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. He admits it, too. You know, a lot of the offense was turn around, hand it, hand it to Emmett Smith. I mean, that, that was a big chunk of what they did. That offensive line, that whole team was so good. That doesn't work in today's NFL. You have to be a really good quarterback, for the most part, to even have a chance of winning a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott, to me, is a little bit like Kirk Cousins, right? They're they're, they're very similar. They'll have some big numbers, uh, good in the regular season, and it never seems like they are good enough in the big games. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Cowboys do, though, because if you move on from Dak, which I – you can make, you know, a a case that you you should because he's not going to probably win you the big game. But let's say you move on from Dak. What do you do? You don't have a high enough draft pick to go out and get a guy. Right. Um, you're almost stuck in quarterback purgatory. You're hoping that you find a guy at pick, what, 18, 19, who falls to you that somehow everyone else misscouted. Like, it's not a good spot to be in. The Chiefs were in that for a long time. So I, I know firsthand, you know, Alex Smith, there's way worse spots to be in than Alex Smith. But eventually you had to take the, the gamble. And the Chiefs did get lucky with Mahomes falling to them where he did. But if you move on, then you're stuck winning, what, three games a year, four games a year? I see why you hang on to Dak and why you hang on to Mike McCarthy. Um, Even the process has not worked well for the Philadelphia 76ers, and they were the ones that kind of coined this entire tank situation. I think Mike McCarthy is number one. Um, if you you brought up a good point, we saw the same thing in the Tony Romo days. What, what's been the constant for the Cowboys over the past two decades? It's a lack of a good head coach. Who was the last? Who was their last good head coach? It was Mike McCarthy, Jason Garrett. Who was before him? I don't know why I'm blanking. Wade Phillips was Wade there Phillips, for, for yeah. a few years. But Wade Phillips is a pretty good. Well, I mean, he's well, got. He's a, he was a decent defensive coordinator, but he's yeah. not a head coach guy. He's a, he's not a guy who has a killer instinct, and that's kind of been the theme of all these head coaches. Same with quarterbacks. Same with Dak Prescott. He just doesn't have a killer instinct. Uh, the Cowboys actually, like I brought up before, kind of reminds me of the Toronto Maple Leafs. All the talent in the world on the roster, but you have a bad head coach and just 
no killer instinct and no heart in big games. And that's what the Dallas Cowboys uh, are. So first and foremost, I think they got to get a new head coach. Jerry Jones needs to, sw- needs to swallow but, his but pride. Who? Stop firing yes, Mitt. Well, because that's my point is I don't I don't think my, Mike McCarthy is a bad head coach. I think he's fine. Okay, like I think he's fine. Fine's I, I, not going to get it done though. I get you. I, I I'm not disagreeing, but my point is, everyone always says, "Well, fire this guy. Who are you going to bring in?" And that's my that that's always what I want to bring up because same thing with Dak Prescott. I don't think he's good. Like I think he's just a guy. I think he's slightly above average. He's he's. He, I don't think he's even quite as good as Kirk Cousins in my personal opinion. Like, I, I think if it was a one-game sample size, who do I want? I'm probably taking Kirk. The point is, though, who are you going to take instead of Dak? And then who are you going to have instead of uh, Mike McCarthy? Because you have to have an answer. So I agree more when you talk about quarterbacks because, yeah, that's right. The, there's a very, very small handful of actually good elite quarterbacks, so I do agree with that. Head coaches, you can find a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. Put Dan Quinn as head coach. Dan Quinn's at least coached a team to his why. I know Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl. But Dan Quinn has coached the Falcons uh, to the Super Bowl that one year before he blew in the biggest blown lead of all time. But Dan Quinn is a player's head coach. The guys like him. He has that killer instinct. And I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend like I have a list of the best coaching candidates in front of me. But there, I mean, before Mike McDaniel was hired as the Dolphins head coach, and anyone like was, were many people looking at him as a good candidate? No, but he came out of here. And now he's like, Coaching one of the greatest offenses of all time. There's got to be better options out there than Mike McCarthy. I agree with you about the quarterback. Probably not a, be- a lot of better available options than Dak Prescott. But when it comes to head coach, there has to be better options than Mike McCarthy. Mm. There has to be. All right, Ian. Let's get into the uh, predicting the wild card teams in each conference. Let's let's start with the NFC. Okay, since we're right here okay. in the NFC, uh, who do you have wild card wise here? I have the Dallas, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, I have them not making the playoffs. That's, that's wild how much that's that's how that's how bad of a, a taste in my mouth I have after watching the Cowboys last week. Seahawks, Saints, and Vikings. I think the Vikings are gonna go on a run here. Um, I know they're what one and four, but the second half of their schedule is extremely easy. Now, Justin Jefferson being out certainly doesn't help them, but they, they still have talented, you know, receivers that Kirk Cousins uh, can throw the ball to. Uh, they got Bears this week. I expect that to be a win. Uh, 49ers, that's going to be a tough one. But then after that, the schedule opens up. Packers, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders, Bengals, Lions. Pack. Like There's a lot of winnable games in the second half of their season. I think the Vikings can still go on a run and make the playoffs. Uh, and then the Saints, because the Falcons are going to win the division. Saints get wildcard. Uh, and the Seahawks are my three NFC wildcard teams right now. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, Cowboys are making it. Don't your, your knee jerks so much. I saw it hit the ceiling, my guy. I mean, that was that was brutal. Uh, I get the Cowboys leave a bad taste in your mouth. I'm not saying they're a great team. You don't need to be a great team to make the playoffs, especially in the NFC. They're gonna win nine, ten games easy. They'll at least win ten games. Cowboys are making the playoffs. All right. Um, I have the Saints making the playoffs as the wild card team. I think Tampa Bay holds on and, and, and they do the thing. Yeah, I, 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 nope. dude, I get it. I, it feels gross. It feels disgusting to nope. say. It, it feels disgusting. But I think it's going to be Tampa Bay winning that division with the Saints as a wild card team. And then I have the Seahawks. I wanted to go Vikings with you. I keep saying they're a good team that's just getting uh, unlucky. 
But you yes. lose Justin Jefferson for at least four games. I, I think there's a decent chance they start selling. I think that they're they're going to miss the playoffs. So it came down to Seahawks and Rams for me. Uh, I think the Rams just miss. I do think they've been a little bit more impressive than we originally thought going into this year. The Rams, obviously with Puka Nakua, we had no idea. But now Cooper Cup's back. Both guys are getting involved. The emergence of Tutu Outwell. I still like Tyler Higby to an extent. Uh, I like that team more so than I originally did. But they don't have it. They don't have enough, in my opinion, to make the playoffs over the Seattle Seahawks. Um. Yeah, I, I like the Rams. Their their defense is, uh, is an issue, though, and I think that's going to hold them back. So, um, all right. I but I I could not disagree more about the Buccaneers. Um, I think they're fooling people into thinking they're actually a good team. Yeah, I've been fooled. I I I've been bamboozled, but at the same time, until they prove me otherwise, in a bad NFC, in a bad NFC South, I think they have the inside edge. All right, we will see. Uh, AFC. Uh, AFC, I have the Bills because I think the Dolphins do hold on and win that one. I went back and forth, but the Bills' schedule is tougher than Miami's. Uh, I think the Bengals find a way to sneak into the playoffs. I think the Steelers start to fade. I know the right right now the Steelers are leading, uh, but I don't see them making the playoffs to my, in my opinion. So I think I have the Ravens winning that division. That means the Bengals, they start getting right. They are a wild card team. And then I went back and forth on this one. The Chargers. Yeah. I think they find a way to sneak in. I think they find a way to sneak in. Yeah, I agree. So I agree with you on both Bills and Chargers. So I'm guessing you have the Dolphins winning the AFC East. Yes, correct. Uh, I don't agree with the Bengals, though. Even though they've won two games, uh, their numbers don't look good. Um, I mean, it's possible. But I'm going to actually say the Colts, uh, in the division that we thought could have been the worst division in football, the AFC South. I actually like the Colts, even with Anthony Richardson out. I think Gardner Minshew can lead them to a few wins here. Still a relatively easy schedule for the Colts. Um, and actually, when you actually look at the wildcard pitcher in the AFC, even though like we were talking preseason about how the AFCs was supposed to be like one of the best conferences in recent memory, there's not like a lot of teams in the wild card picture that like I love right now. Um, well, Bengals, the Jets, the Jets really fell. Right, the Jets, the Jets fell, fell, and the Bengals have struggled. But I, I again, I think the Bengals get right. Okay. Um, well, we agree on the Bills and Chargers at least. Uh, what team is the biggest pleasant surprise uh, for you uh, at this point in the season? The Texans. Mm. Texans sitting two and three easily could be three and two before they uh, give up a game winning field goal to your Atlanta Falcons. But CJ Stroud looks good. The receivers are solid. Nico Collins has been a nice emergence for them. Tank Dell's been great. He obviously yep. left with a concussion in that game. We'll see his availability going forward. Um, you know, I like when they went out and brought in Dalton Schultz. The offensive line's been pretty solid. CJ Stroud, again, my favorite quarterback coming in the draft. He's looked yep. the part. Again, I don't think they're a good team necessarily, but through five games, their point differentials plus 15, they're not a bad team either. They've impressed me a ton to start the year. Yeah, you did call it preseason. You were pretty high on the Texans heading in the season. We were just talking about AFC wildcard teams. Would you be shocked if the Texans sneak in? I would be shocked, but I don't think it's a complete non-starter. I would right. still, be, I would still be shocked. Uh, let's be real now. I, I would still be shocked, but um, I don't think it's as asinine a question to ask now 
as before this season, you would have been laughed off the mic. Yeah. And now you actually have to have a legitimate semi-serious conversation about it. Yeah. Um, CJ Stroud now the betting favorite to win rookie of the year as well. Worth noting. Uh, my pleasant surprise team is the Seahawks, which probably isn't a big surprise for most people, but I was very low on the Seahawks heading in this year. I thought they were going to take a huge step back. Uh, and they've actually been a pretty solid team. And, uh, like I just said earlier, I'm predicting them to be an NFC wildcard team, uh, as well. Uh, Geno Smith still not quite playing as good as he was the first half of last season where he was like a borderline MVP candidate, but still a very good, competent quarterback. Um, they've had a lot of success with their run game as well. Their defense has done a great job stopping the run. I actually think the best run defense in the NFL so far this year. Uh, so the Seahawks, uh, pleasant surprise. Uh, for me so far this season, probably not super surprising for a lot of people, but surprising to me. Uh, I, I would agree with you, though, man. You and I were yeah. on the same page. We we looked at what Gino did second half of last year, and you're sitting here going, maybe that contract might have been a little premature, but they're rolling. And by the way, it helps when you hit on Tyreek Woolen in the fifth round as a cornerback. And then, of course, mm. you hit on uh, Witherspoon, that cornerback from, uh, was it Illinois? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just is a dog out there, dude. I mean, that guy, he gets in there. I hope he doesn't get injured because he plays so viciously, but he's an absolute game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk um, the most disappointing team or result for you this season. Giants. Yeah. The Giants, man. I, I was not necessarily high on the Giants, but they went to the playoffs last year. Didn't they win a playoff game last Even year? Vikings the Vikings in the wild card round. Yeah, yeah I mean – Again, I wasn't expecting them to be a Super Bowl contender, but this is shocking. Uh, Daniel Jones, I thought, was finally starting to progress. I thought, all right, Brian Dable, he is the quarterback whisperer. Well, you still got to have some talent, apparently, because maybe it's not all Daniel Jones. The offensive line, as we talked about, is just absolutely atrocious. It's a bad combination. They don't have some, they don't really have any great wide receivers. Um, Saquon's been injured. Their defense has been a sieve. Uh, man, it's just been an absolute dumpster fire for the Giants. For me, it's a team that doesn't even have a bad record, but it's the Jaguars who are three and two, I think. But they've actually, they're extremely lucky, in my opinion, to be three and two because they have statistically not been a good team whatsoever. And this is a team that I thought could have been a potential Super Bowl contender this year. And I haven't been impressed with them whatsoever. 26th in net yards per play, worse than the Bears, who are 25th, just barely above the Commanders in 27th. Uh, if you look at advanced numbers like EPA per play on offense, uh, they're 21st. Uh, opponent EPA per play, they're 11th, so a little bit uh, better defensively, and their defense is kind of why they're 3-2. and two. Um, But specifically offensively, I expected a lot from Trevor Lawrence. I thought it'd be an MVP candidate. Um, and yeah, they're winning games, and I guess at the end of the day, that's what matters. Um, but I thought they were locked to win the AFC South, and I don't think they're locked to win the AFC South anymore. I still expect them to win it. Uh, but the Colts uh, and maybe even the Texans uh, could give them a little bit of a run for their money. So despite being three and two, I have been disappointed by the Jaguars so far this season, specifically the Jaguars offense. Yeah, dude, I could not agree with you anymore. That, that's a really good astute take. All right. Look, look at us. Wow. Agreeing. Um, all right. Let's uh, finish off the show with our preview for uh, week six. Uh, I wrote down the. I would say five-ish biggest games of the week. There's not any huge matchups this week, really. Um, and we will talk Thursday Night Football just because I want to hear your take about the Chiefs here because, to me, this is one of the most obvious bets I'll ever place in my life. Broncos-Chiefs this Thursday night. Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites at home. 
I feel like the Chiefs should be 20-point favorites. Uh, you would think that. This is also an AFC West divisional game. The Broncos last year supposed to get just destroyed by Kansas City, and they played them close. Um, you know, I find this really interesting because the Broncos suck. I mean, they suck. And you look at Kansas City, it looks like they are starting to get right. I wonder mm-hmm. if some of the Mike McDaniel stuff, obviously Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett. When Sean Payton said those comments this offseason, it wasn't just a shot at Nathaniel Hackett and that coaching job. He broke the circle of trust of a lot of coaches. You know, you don't see coaches take shots at other coaches like that. It's a fraternity of sorts, right? You always say, like Andy Reid says, we're looking forward to the challenge of playing so-and-so. They're a well-coached team, no matter who is the head coach. You say that. I wonder if Andy Reid and some of the other coaches on the NFL took a little offense to what Sean Payton said. He said, you know what? Let's try and teach him a lesson. Let's pour it on him a little bit. Instead of taking the foot off the gas, maybe we scored that last touchdown. Maybe, maybe we, we go up and win by 23 instead of letting them only win by 14 or win by 10. I wonder if there's something to that, because if that's the case, then I'm with you, Ian. The only thing is the Chiefs don't really blow teams out. And even though the Broncos have not beaten Kansas City since 2015, since the Royals won the World Series, nope. that's, that's the last time the Broncos beat Kansas City and they played twice a year. I think the Chiefs win, but I probably wouldn't touch 10 and a half. Let me read this to got a couple stats here for you. The Denver Broncos are allowing opposing teams to complete 77.27% of passes against them. They're also giving up 8.5 yards per pass attempt. Those are both by far the worst marks in the NFL. Specifically, they're giving up half a yard more per throw than the next worst team. So you're telling me the team that's dead last in opponent completion percentage and opponent yards per pass them now has to go up against the best player in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback, the reigning MVP. I don't care. Even if Travis Kelsey doesn't play, I could be playing receiver for the chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is going to throw 500 yards in this game. I don't see how he does it. It's funny. If you poll chiefs fans, I think Chiefs fans would take the points, the 10 and a half for the Broncos. I think if you pulled Broncos fans, they would take the 10 and a half for the Chiefs. Like, I think you're going to see a little bit of a split here because we have seen so many close games over the years with the Chiefs and the Broncos when the games, quite frankly, should not have been close at all. The Broncos defense is just historically bad. And now they have to take on Patrick Holmes. I just, I could not bet on the Broncos. This could be a 20 point spread. I bet on the Chiefs. Um, all right, let's talk 49ers Browns, which is an interesting game. We talked about the 49ers earlier, uh, being uh, the most dominant team in the NFL. Now the Super Bowl favorites now head to Cleveland coming off a of bye week. Uh, the Browns are Browns are only five point underdogs at home over under 39. Any thoughts on this game? Yeah, give me the 49ers until they prove me otherwise. Mm. That, that's why I looked this game up. I go, let me, let me think this, th- this one through. Mm. What's the smallest margin of victory the Niners have had? It was seven, and as Niner Noise pointed out early, that was a backdoor seven. It wasn't even a legit seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I like the Niners to cover this. Uh, I'm going to go with the Browns, actually, in this one, because their defense, by every metric you look at, has been the best defense in the NFL. Now, they're coming off a of bye week, so they've only played four games, so a small sample size. Um, but on the road against the best defense in the NFL is a, a tricky spot for any team. Um, now we don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to be back for the Browns. I don't believe so that could, could make things a little bit sketchy. Um, but this game does make me a little bit nervous for the 49ers. This is, this is a very tough defense. 
yeah. and it's never easy to win uh, and win with margin against a defense as good as the Browns. Uh, Colts Jaguars, which who I believe uh, the winner of this game will have sole possession of the AFC South Jaguars, four point home favorites over under 46 and a half. Mm. If Anthony Richardson was playing, this would make things different. I understand it's Gardner Minshew, and I've talked about he's a great backup quarterback, the revenge game, right, going back to Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville gets it done, though. Although I will say a little underrated storyline here is they've been in London for like a month. They've been there like three weeks. I wonder how much that coming back is actually going to affect them. I know we always talk about going to London and the time change and just all the travel can affect players. But coming back, it's still a a similar situation here. A lot of time change. Yeah, you're coming back. You're coming back home. That's a long travel day, long travel time. Um, This is interesting to me. I'd probably take Jacksonville, but I'm not confident with it. As the sun comes up behind a cloud and now it looks like – like the sun's exploding in New York on my screen here. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts in this one. As I talked about the Jaguars, I've been disappointed with them. Their numbers don't match up with the record. I think the Colts at the very least can keep this close. You can barely see me. It's so bright in this room right now. That's nuts, man. Congratulations on the sun. Yeah. Uh, Lions Buccaneers. Uh, Sneaky good game here. Buccaneers three-point home underdogs. Oh, man. There are a lot of games this week I'm not going to touch. This is one of them. I, I think the Lions are the much better team. But as I said earlier, I think the Bucs still hold on and win their division. The Bucs have impressed me. The Lions have impressed me. I don't know what to do here. I, I, I think I'm taking the Lions, but I don't like it. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions. Uh, the Buccaneers, you know, what? the issue with the Buccaneers is that if they want to keep winning games, they have to rely on Baker Mayfield because they're, they have the worst running game in, in the NFL, dead last in yards per carry. So I like Baker Mayfield, but I, but I like him a lot more when he has a run game that he can lean on and he does not have a run game to lean on. And I think that's eventually going to come back and bite this Buccaneers team. And not to mention the Lions offense, or sorry, the Lions defense significantly improved. Yeah. from last year uh top 10 and most uh past defense stats as well so i think they can slow down baker mayfield i think the lions get the win in that one uh and i'm not high on the buccaneers i think the bucket like teams can win games like the buccaneers did the past two years without a run game when tom brady's your quarterback can you keep winning games with no run game with baker mayfield as your quarterback i don't think so uh and the monday night football cowboys chargers can the cowboys bounce back from uh the embarrassing loss to the 49ers they can Ooh. But it's not this week. Yes. I have the Chargers in this one. Uh, I feel like Justin Herbert's just going to dice this Dallas secondary up. I think they're just going to dice him up. Um, Keenan Allen and Herbert have had a nice connection all season long. The Chargers need to do something to get right, right? They're sitting here at two and two, coming off of a bye. They need this game. The AFC is going to start slipping away if they don't start piling up some wins. What better way than to go up against your NFC? I think the Vikings, Cowboys, and Chargers are all like the exact same team. So since they're all very similar, give me the the home version of said team. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Obviously, I think the Cowboys are going to miss the playoffs, so they got to lose this game. So I'll take the points uh, with the Chargers um, at home. Uh, which brings us to the final topic here. We're going to give out some actual picks this week. Obviously, I wasn't on the show last week, so uh, I was absent from having week f- official week five uh, picks on the show. 
Uh, but my record from week one to week four was nine and three. I went two and one in my last appearance in week four. Sterling, I understand you did not give out picks, except you only gave out an upset pick last week. And I understand that the upset you pick you gave out was the Texans over my beloved Falcons, which was kind of rude for you to do the show that I'm not there. Your only pick was against my Falcons. It looks so good, too, the entire time. I, I will oh. say, I had a couple other upset ones. I had the Colts. I just didn't give that one for yeah. some reason. And I had New Orleans, which for some reason I didn't give that one. But I, I won those two in a parlay. Felt pretty, pretty good. Well, for the sake of the show, you are four and nine. So if you can look in the future and try to figure out what bets you're going to place on Sunday morning, if you can look into the future and figure out those bets now, um, yeah. then that would be much appreciated. So. Yeah, what I say now, just fade me. I'm the fade god, baby. Right. You'd make so much money off me this year if you faded all of my picks. Early actually, in the week. But then you you come up with good picks Sunday morning. I come up on Sunday morning when I when I actually go through. Yeah um all right so let's get to it best spread bet of the week i'm going to go with the vikings over the bears i know the vikings won't have justin jefferson i don't think it matters if they're two and a half point favorites um against the bears as bears do not let the thursday night football game for the bears or win over the commanders fool you into thinking that this is actually a good football team uh the bears still stink justin Fields still stinks and the vikings um, still the most underrated team in the NFL because they keep losing games they deserve to win. Still sixth in the NFL in net yards per play. One spot below the Chiefs, one spot above the Cleveland Browns. So I still have faith in the Vikings. I think they win and cover against uh, the Bears on yeah. Sunday. I actually like that one a lot, but since you took it, I'm going to go a different way. Although I don't know if that makes you nervous since I took that one on a Tuesday and not a Sunday. Maybe you should be a little nervous, uh, but I'm going Niners five point favorites over the Browns. I talked about it earlier. Again, their smallest Whoa. margin of victory has been seven points, and that was a little backdoor seven. Um, I still don't know if Deshaun Watson is playing or not in this one. That might uh, change my decision here just a little bit, but does that really make that much of a difference? Um, I like the Niners to cover the five. Interesting. Um, all right, I'm on the opposite side for that one, but I'm not making the Browns uh, my upset pick of the week, that's for sure. Let's talk favorite total bet of the week. Um, I am going with an under in the Patriots Raiders, um, under 41 and a half. I don't think any game involving the Patriots should have a total, uh, in the forties. So I'm going to keep betting unders and Patriots games until they get back to the thirties. Uh, one the worst offense in the NFL by some metrics while their defense is still a top 10 unit. Um, and if they keep doing what they did last week, which is just not score any points whatsoever, then it's going to be very easy for unders to keep hitting. So I think the Patriots are exactly what you want in an under team, which is bad offense, good defense, bad third down offense, good third down defense. Uh, so I'm going to keep betting the under for the Patriots. Also, under has been hitting a lot in Raiders games recently as well. They've been sneakily good under teams. So I'm going to go under 41 and a half between the Patriots and Raiders. Yeah, Mac Jones has been a disgrace to the uh, yeah. game of football in the NFL, at least. I mean, great in college, don't get me wrong, but dude has been buns this year. Yep. Um, yeah, I can't get over just how bad he's been uh cards rams i have the under 48 and a half in this one i know two of these teams have scored a decent amount of points obviously i've talked about how i like the rams offense but uh i still like the under 40 and a half just seems a little too steep the cardinals have come back to earth just a little bit right i know we've talked about how fun they've been they've been in games they've been close in games they're still what one and four i mean let's not get a twist they're not a good team um I like the under 40 and a half in this one. 
Uh, upset of the week, which has been uh, actually your biggest strength uh, outside of last week uh, when you picked the uh, Texans over my Falcons. You've generally been pretty good with the upsets this season, which has been my weakest uh, part is picking uh, upsets. So I'll go first. I'm going to take the Seahawks over the Bengals. Uh, Bengals, I talked about earlier, they have two wins, but they're still 31st in net yards per play. Still haven't, they did take a bit of a step forward this past week. I will recognize that, but it was against the Cardinals. Almost every single metric you look at, the Seahawks outrank the Bengals by a mile. I think the wrong team is favored in this game. I'd make this game Seahawks a one-point favorite. Instead, they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs, so naturally I love this game. I'll take the Seahawks to upset the Bengals in Cincinnati. Uh, Patriots, even though I just bleeped on Mac Jones that offense, Patriots over the Raiders. Devontae Adams' shoulder, I don't know if that's what kept him down. I don't know if it was a case where the the Packers just were not going to let him be the guy to beat them. Things are not going well in in Vegas right now. Like, it's not – I get they won. They put up 17 points. Their defense has been fairly impressive, but also it's like, okay, Jordan Love could not see the defenders last night. He kept throwing directly to you guys. Marcus Peters actually had a pretty nice game for the most part, but he's playing a little soft in coverage. As much as I don't like Mac Jones, Bill Belichick will find a way to run the ball 47 times in this game, and the Patriots are going to win, I don't know, uh, 10-7, 10-3. It's going to be ugly. I'm with you on the under, but I like the Patriots as the upset in this game. I actually don't hate that pick. Um, I Like I said earlier, I'm on the under for that game, but if I were to pick a side, I think I'd go Patriots. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't hate that pick whatsoever. Um and then finally, Survivor, which uh, I was eliminated in week three when I took the Cowboys over the Cardinals. I don't know why I did that. That was stupid. Uh, you are still alive. Week four, you took the 49ers. Last week, uh, you took the Lions over the Panthers. So you are still alive, Sterling, heading into week six. The teams you cannot choose are the Commanders, the Bills, the Dolphins, the 49ers, and the Lions. What team are you choosing for week six? I'm doing the Rams. I'm picking mm. the Rams. In I this love that game. pick. If I was still alive in survivor pools, I'd, I'd take the Rams. Again, I don't have a lot of good options left. I picked a lot of really good teams already, but I also picked the Commanders week one, right? I, I tried picking a team that I knew I wasn't going to choose. The Rams are a team I don't think I'm going to use later on this year. So give me the Rams in this game. I like how Ian's out here just uh, messing with some lighting. It's impressive. Yeah, I fixed it. We're good now, even with the sun out. Uh, I look like a normal person now. Uh, no, I like the Rams quite a bit. Uh, if I was still alive in, in my survivor pools, um, I would be picking the Rams as well. I had three entries, like an actual like survivor pools that I had to buy in on. They were eliminated week one, week two, and week three. And then this one, oh, we, this one I was week three as well. Uh, so what uh, did I win in this? Did I, did I win like... Uh... We agreed on something. I forget what it was. Was it just a six-pack of beer, or was it like a steak or something? Was or the steak new- bet was on the Falcons. Steak bet was on the Falcons to not make the playoffs, Ian. Win a playoff. I have it right here. Win the playoffs. I keep my, my season-long bets right here. I have no idea oh, what we bet boy. for Survivor, but uh, I'll take anything you're offering. New golf clubs, um, golf balls. All right. Um, I'll, I'll get you a pack of golf balls. If you see that that whiskey over my shoulder, I'm always down for some whiskey or bourbon. Actually, I think that's what we agreed on. I think it was a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of bourbon. All right, I, will, I'll I won't say no, Ian. I won't say no. Give me some Canadian. Here, actually, how about this? The longer you survive in Survivor, the better the th- gift I will give you. Oh wow, I like this. 
So if I win this week, I've doubled you. If you go the entire season, I will buy you a like a new driver or something like a like an expensive <laughs> golf club. So I'm all in. You, you know I'm an idiot. You, you've seen my bets so far. They they've not been they've not been great. Well, you're crushing it in Survivor better than me. There we go. And I like the Rams pick this week too. There we go. Uh, there you go. That is our show. Uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, rate and review it. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Uh, give the video a like. Uh, go ahead and watch the Ryan Fitzpatrick interview if you haven't already. Um, any uh, closing remarks here, Sterling? Mizzou let me down this past week. I went to that yes, game, dude. I went there. I was stoked. They're up 22 to 7 against LSU. Place is rocking. And mm-hmm. what happened? Oh, yeah, they realized they're Mizzou, and we can't have nice things. Uh, But it's okay, though. It's okay. Still a fun time. Great day. Got Went to my favorite little spot. If anyone is a Mizzou fan here, Booch's Burgers. You better believe I hit it up. Hmm. There you go. Um, I don't have a college team, so I have no comment about any college teams. Um, I wish Mizzou well, though. Thank you. You can can join us in the year of misery. All right. I love it. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, If you do bet this week, be sure to sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook using the code STB. You get $200 in bonus bets and some free same game parlays. Uh, Thank you all so much for watching. We will talk to you all next week.